Yes, welcome back, Looney listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 97. We are making our slow march towards the century. Um, so we're only a few episodes away. Uh, welcome, everyone. I am your host, uh, High Priest of Conchu Ray. And this episode, we've got a, a very special guest uh, with us today. Uh, I'd like to introduce Adam. Adam, how are you? Ray, thanks for having me. I'm doing A-OK. I'm doing great. Awesome, awesome stuff. Adam is the victim, as is with many of our guests, of uh, the time zone differences that we have. So obviously, myself being based in Australia, Adam over at the US. Adam, it's an early morning for you, is it not? It is, but it is never too early to talk about Moon Knight, let me tell you that. That is exactly what I wanted to hear, perfect answer. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so Adam uh, Adam is uh, one of the co-hosts of Marvel News Desk, which mm-hmm. is how I came across you, Adam. But you also have a couple of other uh, feathers to your hat. Um, right. Why don't you tell the loony listeners where they can find you? So, full-time, um, I am actually a uh, staff writer for comicbook.com, um, covering all the, the news about movies, TVs, comics, you know the deal um, there. And then, yeah, I do um, I uh, do am a co-host on Marvel News Desk. We talk about, we started out all things MCU, mm-hmm. um, and then we branched off and started covering, you know, Legion and The Gifted and... You know, X-Men Dark Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's kind of a moot point now, now that everything's soon to be MCU. You know, safer yeah. Sony Spider-Verse type stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of the, the crux about me. Uh, Moon Knight is, I wouldn't say, I know you might uh, <laughs> get mad at me. Moon Knight may not be my favorite, but Moon Knight okay. is probably one of my top three. I'll, I'll take that. Um, <laughs> I don't have... I don't have a necessarily, you know, favorite, favorite character. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, yeah, Moon Knight. If someone asks me who my favorite comic book character is, mm-hmm. it's either going to be Moon Knight or Iron Fist, depending on the day. Okay. Do you dabble in other universes? Are you a Marvel man exclusively? Or have you... How are the other publishing um, companies? Uh, how do they I, No, I dabble. Um, you know... I've grown increasingly, you know, I've increasingly read uh, independent comics and the like. Obviously, I'm a huge fan of all things Hellboy, all things oh, cool. um, uh, Black Hammer. Um, oh, Jeff yeah. Lemire, I love love me some Black Hammer stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have uh, you things like uh, Jupiter's uh, Legacy and Jupiter's Circle. They're not necessarily huge uh, universes per se, mm. but they're definitely solid uh, comic runs. Right. Um, but yeah, I would say my go-to universe outside of Marvel is definitely Hellboy. I just love the. Uh, I mean, you can't go wrong, yeah. right? It is very um, alluring. I must say, the Hellboy universe. Uh, a little bit of a shout out to uh, my co-host from another podcast we do, uh, Last Sons of Krypton, Connorell. He's a huge Hellboy fan. Um, he'd be glad to hear that from you, Adam. <laughs> um, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, did you watch the movie? What, what were your thoughts on that? 
So, so my opinion <laughs> on movies is flawed. If oh, you no. know who I am and and watch or read my reviews and listen to my podcast and <laughs> and scroll through my Twitter, you know it is very rare that I actually dislike a movie. Oh, okay. Um, so I, I pretty much tend to like everything. There are a few things that kind of rub me the wrong way, and if they happen in a movie, I'll absolutely hate them. <laughs> but um, you know, talk about Hellboy. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm going to say I didn't feel it was as bad as everyone else was saying. Okay. Um, but that's because I knew exactly what was going on, and they crammed 20 different Hellboy storylines into a two-hour movie. Yeah, that's, you know? yeah, that's what I heard. If, I heard there were like yeah. plot after plot after plot. Right, and yeah. it, and that it was exactly you know it was it shook out exactly how the comics do and. Mm-hmm. And Mignola has this deal where he doesn't. Uh, I mean, the storytelling's not really linear, right? So mm. he'll tell, he'll set up, you know, this story A, um, and it's not entirely resolved because it's going to be resolved by a new character that's introduced, you know, mm-hmm. ten years later in a separate story. Yeah, um, right. Right. He so really does. Thing. Sorry, he really does drop a, a seed here and there, doesn't he? Let it, yes. Let it germinate. <laughs> right, and uh, that's exactly what the movie was. I mean, I was ecstatic because mm-hmm. it adapted some of the best Hellboy stuff. Okay. Um, on screen, panel for panel. Um, oh wow. But like I said, if I didn't hadn't read every single Hellboy comic yeah. and didn't know where I was coming from, I would have been lost. Ah, oh. interesting. Because um, I. Was I still am a big fan of the originals with Ron Perlman? Mm-hmm. I love them. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not per se a huge Hellboy fan. I, I do admire and respect the the comic, uh, but just doesn't you know come across my path that often. But those movies were so enjoyable. They would be ones that I would watch like over and over again. Um, I, I'm curious. I haven't seen the latest one. How that stacks up against it? Um, did you feel? I mean, I've heard other things about. Um, Sorry, listeners, we will get to Moon Knight. <laughs> this is just interesting <laughs> stuff. Uh, like the humour injected in it and the uh, the tone, uh, the depiction of Hellboy, did you find that accurate to the comics or or how did you, how did you take so, it in the latest one? It's hard to get you know around Pearlman and Hellboy. Mm, the the yeah. two franchises are kind of apples and oranges, obviously Pearlman's and, and Guillermo's. Um, Stuff really dove into the fantasy stuff. You know, you get to Hellboy 2, you know, the Golden Army, that wasn't really a Hellboy movie. It almost seemed oh, okay. like it was something Del Toro put together right. um, to kind of tell his fantasy storytelling, which isn't a bad thing, you mm. know, because I'll take any movie Guillermo wants to throw at me. Mm. Um, but uh, the reboot, I mean, it's full on gnarly, almost obscene amounts of gore. Okay. Um, it's trying to be kind of shock horror instead of this the, the fantasy aspect yeah. um, of the previous two films. Okay. Um, but that's the biggest thing. In terms of, I mean, there there's a lot of different character quirks between Pearlman and Harbor. I wouldn't say Harbor did you know a bad job by any means. Yeah. He, he certainly did the most, um, most with what he was given. And you could tell, I mean, it was the type of movie there was so much left on the cutting room floor. It seemed like it should have been like a three-hour movie, um, but the studio said, no, you have to cut it down to an hour and 45 minutes. So there was a lot of stuff. Uh, 
at least it seemed like if it was a lot of stuff cut, if they didn't cut anything, mm-hmm. um, I'd hate to see that script. You know? <laughs> well, um, there's always the Blu-ray with with you know more footage added in, and and you know right. you'd have a different version. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, Hellboy's a yeah a, a very a very solid choice. Uh, Black Hammer, Adam. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of loonies will be, you know, gleaming with pride with that one. Obviously, Jeff Lemire, such a stellar run for many uh, on Moon Knight, which was the one that preceded mm-hmm. uh, the current one. We can call it the current one or the, the most recent one that's passed. Um, very, very strong. Uh, do you collect the hard copies of um, of Black Hammer? I know there's a library deluxe hardcover version. Which looks mm-hmm. bloody good. Uh, is that, are you are you a collector or like or are you a digital person? I am. Nope. I am a collector first and foremost. That's mm-hmm. that's what got me into all this stuff. You know, growing up, uh, mm-hmm. my dad actually collected comics. And there's oh, one nice. point. A quick sidebar. There's one point where my dad's like, you know what, Adam, I'll give you my collection. And I was <laughs> probably twelve or thirteen at the time, and I was just getting into whether or not I cared if people thought I was cool or not, right? So I'm like, hell no, Dad, I don't want your comics. (laughs) And then uh, he's like, fine, whatever, I'll keep them, I'll sit on them. And lo and behold, um, you look through them, and there's a Hulk 181, there's a whole run of Captain Marvel Volume 1, there's all sorts of first appearances. I think he had like a few Nova numbered ones. There's all sorts of stuff. So fast forward... To being a grown up, and I have all sorts of expendable cash now. Um, you know, now we're in a competition of who has the better collection. Uh, so yeah, I am a collector in Black Hammer. I, I've just started. I don't know what it is, but I've just started getting into the. Uh, um, in addition to collecting single issues, you know, buying trades and mm-hmm. library editions and omnibus and, and yeah. things like that. So yeah, the uh, library edition of Black Hammer is sitting on oh, my shelf. You as got is it. Most oh, other, nice uh, one. Nice Most one. other trades. I'm working on like a, we just talked about Hellboy. I'm working on that um, omnibus collections right now. So. They they are very attractive on the shelf. I must say, I I've, I've only got one omnibus, and um, I'm starting my collection. I've got a whole heap of trades. I tend to try and collect the hardcovers. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know of you know not omnibuses, but uh, they, geez, they're nice on the shelf, aren't they? And they they're really fun to read. Um, I do. I collect digital as well. Um, you know, titles that probably I'm unsure of and just want to give it a go. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, no, that's uh, that's really cool to hear. Black Hammer is a, is an amazing universe. Uh, it's expanded somewhat as well. So uh, there are offshoots of of series beyond Black Hammer, right? I'm, I'm assuming you, right. yeah, you, you collect all them as well. Yep, yep, you have, they've had a few one-shots, then obviously that Dr. Star Mm -hmm. um, series, but yeah, it's it's good stuff, and that's the thing, you know, each week we're saturated with so much uh, superhero content from Marvel and DC Mm -hmm. and all these indie publishers, and Black Hammer is the one superhero property that keeps redefining itself it's watchmen but it's not watchmen mm. it's superhero but it's not superhero it, it it always manages to um separate itself you know it's yeah. equal parts uh sci-fi and thriller and downright horror at sometimes yeah with comedy in it too you know, i mean it's quintessential lemire yeah 
And and you've got your finger on the pulse, I'm sure, Adam, with your um your duties as writer and and a podcaster on uh, Marvel News Desk. Jeff Lemire, this has been picked up, hasn't it? Black Hammer's been picked up. Uh, it TV? has been, uh, yeah. yeah, it's been optioned. I believe it's been optioned by Legendary. Okay. Um, if I'm not mistaken, oh, I know. Yeah, I know the logo. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, same people. I think that's who does Godzilla and such. Oh, okay. Um, uh, but I think Jeff's been working on a TV pilot. Um, and that's that's the one thing I've been trying to track down him to uh, get an interview for for the website. Mm. Um, because there has been stuff he said in previous interviews about a potential interconnected universe. Yeah. Um, through TV and movies, you know, not unlike the MCU. So that'd be mm. super cool. And that's the thing. I mean that. Netflix is suddenly without a lot of Marvel content mm. now, so so that could be. I know Netflix and Dark Horse did just sign that first look deal, so I'm not sure if Legendary plans on on pitching something to Netflix. Yeah, um, but I mean that would be certainly That'd be a really home good. that would be ideal. That'd be for really something good. like that. Yeah, I mean the strengths of Jeff Lemire's writing is obviously the characterization of all, all of everyone in the book. You know, so yeah. I. I I'm totally on board for any TV show. If, if obviously Jeff Lemire is uh, involved in it in some capacity, um, that you know you get an accurate rendition of his comic book, comic book characters. But uh, they're very much character-driven, aren't they? So I think it would work really well in a TV format. Um, but, uh, yeah, so uh, I, don't, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Um, and I do like that, that dangle, or sorry, the carrot that you dangled in front of me there, Adam, talking about Netflix. I wanted to, I wanted to actually get your thoughts. I'm going to throw out a, a huge question to you now, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, I want you to give it a good, a good thinking, and uh, and let mm-hmm. us know. Moon Knight, okay? Mm-hmm. Can he work on TV or slash films? Can do you think we'll see Moon Knight in the future on celluloid? It's so it's a matter of time before we see Moon Knight, right? Mm. Either in theaters or you know on a television screen. It's a matter of time. It's inevitable. Mm. Um, take to take a word from Thanos, you know. Um, personally, I mean, I was one hundred percent on board for Moon Knight joining the the Defenders verse, you know, on Netflix as they call it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yes, but obviously, too. now that that's not an option, um, things are in flux. You know, on one hand. Uh, they just announced Hellstrom and, and Ghost Rider for Hulu, mm. right? Oh, so how cool perhaps, is that? <laughs> yes. Right. So, I mean, there there's an angle. Maybe they could take, you know, a Midnight Suns type angle for Hulu. Yeah. Or maybe they could take a Spirits of Vengeance type mm-hmm. uh, thing for Hulu. Um, but then on the flip side, you know, it depends on what iteration of Moon Knight you want to do, right? Mm. Are, are you trying to do the... Uh, kind of grounded mr knight stuff Mm -hmm. are you trying to do the uh you know billionaire playboy batman type stuff yeah because obviously marvel television is not going to have the budget to do uh, a flying ship and all these gadgets (laughs) and and things like that right no yeah um so i mean it depends on what you're all doing but then if you know if you need a movie budget and go to the movie side you're not certainly not going to um, get a scene where Spectre cuts off the face of Bushman, right? Mm. You're certainly not going to get that well, in a PG-13 movie, could true. you? True. Well, I mean, uh, having said, you're right, actually, but having said that, I was looking at more of the precedence of Logan and, and Deadpool. 
um, and Hellboy. Right, Hellboy was was that given a, a heavy right. rating? Oh yeah, yeah, it yeah. was very rated R. Yeah, it was very rated R. So I, I, it could. I mean, they could do. You know, they could do that. We still have yet to see how Marvel Studios is going to. Um, going to do rated mm. r movies obviously deadpool's a gold mine so they're yeah. not going to give up that formula yeah um i guess it depends on really their i mean there's a lot of things that they have to consider obviously but it depends on their strategy the way i see it because you see you know we see characters now that have been introduced that we wouldn't have thought would have found you know their way onto the screen like, I've got nothing against it. I think it's great. I'm looking forward to it. One of my favorite characters is Shang-Chi, and he's getting a movie, which is absolutely cool, mm-hmm. you know. Um, mm-hmm. But if you look at the the tier of, of characters, uh, say Shang-Chi compared to Moon Knight, and there's a lot of other characters as well, you could argue the fact, well, you know, um, shouldn't this character be to be put on film first? Uh, you see Aquaman at DC. Surely we're going to get, like, um, the Submariner somewhere. Uh, you know, so it all. I think it depends on the strategy. Uh, the Eternals as well. Like, who would have thought that we would be getting uh, an Eternals movie uh, over something else? But obviously, the MCU has had great success with with cosmic fairing. So I can understand why they probably want to still play in that sand pit. But um, uh, which kind of also makes sense why Moon Knight would have done well, as you say, in the, the Defenders verse, like in Netflix, because that was that was his wheelhouse. You know, that was where he kind of most likely belonged. Um, but having said that, this new announcement by Hulu with um, potential Midnight Suns and Ghost Rider, I mean, Moon Knight has a supernatural element to him. So mm-hmm. there's a possibility there. Uh, out of out of all the Moon Knight iterations, Adam, who, what what is your favourite? Say, um, if you had to choose. Well, there's only two, uh, isn't there? <laughs> but um, right, but, right. but I mean, okay, let me broaden it a bit. Okay, so you have Mister Knight, or you have the caped Moon Knight, um, and then you have all these different aspects of Moon Knight. Do you like the supernatural element? Do you like the detective noir element, or do you like the more yeah, I, I say it like cringeworthy, the more Batman esque element to <laughs> right, Moon Knight. Right. Um, yeah. Well, uh, what? What is? What? Yeah. What speaks to you? I'd probably have to go to the. Uh, I would say the the Mister Knight stuff. Oh, you know, okay. There's or, yeah. or kind of around that area, Ellis, mm-hmm. and a little before. Uh, I'm not a fan of the Bendis stuff. I'm sorry. No, that's um, <laughs> that's <okay>. but uh, <laughs> I'll tell the, I'll tell Brian Michael <laughs> right no the the stuff right before that yeah. um was superb mm-hmm. you know and I I really think he, at least you know as a fan I want to see the supernatural kind yeah. of mind bending type stuff yeah um over Batman we can get that any time yeah. you know we can get gadgets and gizmos and mm-hmm. virtually any other sci fi superhero movie ever. Uh, so I would love to get the, the supernatural stuff. You know, I would love to get the, the real, um, loony stuff. You know, it's almost, mm. there's some stuff they could almost go with the a Legion-esque type stuff, you know, interlaced mm. with Mr. Knight stuff. You know, it's just, there's several times throughout the stuff that you really don't know what's going on. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and if you intertwined kind of that the legion type um 
acid trip stuff <laughs> with supernatural horror stuff. Yeah. You know, there, there's certainly a look and feel and tone that I don't think's ever been done. Yeah. Um, you know, in a live action property. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, almost. Uh, to the detriment of Moon Knight, isn't it? That Legion did come out because it's done so well, and I and I, you know, I love it as well. It's done so well. Uh, recently, has it got? It's got announced the third season, third and final, or is that? Yep, is, third final. I think it comes out comes at least out, in so. the United States, June twenty fourth, I believe. Okay, that'll be cool. Yeah, but it, it's such a shame that, <laughs> in that sense, because it's done so well. And if you, you know, if Moon Knight came out shortly after, or come shortly after season three, uh, it will be forever kind of compared to, oh, you know, Legion kind of paved the way for this first. And uh, but the the truth of it is that it is very integral to to Moon Knight's uh, makeup, isn't it? His, his whole mm-hmm. um, DID, um, which was. Actually, very well done. In I'm taking you watched all the Netflix like TV shows. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, Daredevil. I mean, not just Daredevil. Iron Fist season mm-hmm. two with Typhoid Mary. I thought she did a an awesome job there. Alice Eve, I think was her name. Yep. Yep. Uh, fantastic job. I mean, did, yeah. Did you? Right. Um, yeah. I mean, you're a fan of Daredevil as well, like the comics. Or? Yep, yep, Daredevil. Uh, like I said before, I mean, if it's my favorite character is not Moon Knight, it's Iron Fist. Yes. So when it comes Fine. to the Iron Fist um, television shows, I would say at this point, I'm most certainly an apologist. Um, <laughs> you, you know, I mean, yeah. season one, I I thought was all right, but mm-hmm. season two, I thought was much, much better. And like you yeah. said, Alice Eve did a phenomenal job. And that's so the type cool. of thing. Yeah. You introduce a character... Um, with DID that that's very um, Moon Knight like, and then you have Legion on the same time. It's like, yeah, man, why don't they just give us a damn Moon Knight show? Yeah, give us I know. All just quirks the way it is. It's like he's a um, huge elephant in the room. <laughs> with the, right, and there yeah. was even that that setup in season one where Danny Rand gets put. Well, several characters get sent to the uh, mental institu- institution, and I thought just yes. for a second we would. Yes. We would get an Easter egg or something, you know, like aging <laughs> over the intercom or a yes. Spectre name drop or something oh, of that nature. I was I was going a bit um, I was going a bit crazy there. I was actually hoping for more. I was hoping that there'll be an actual dude there that someone right. refers to as Spectre. Yeah, you know, you see, and that would be a setup for <laughs> for a yes. for a Moon Knight show, but um, not to be, not to be. There are many little nods to. You know right. the uh, mental mental issues going going ahead, but um, right. yeah. Oh, look! Before I forget, as well, Adam, uh, I want to give a nice shout out. I'm not sure if you listen to them um, yourself, but Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Iron Fist podcast. Uh, there, um, it's hosted by um, the same dude, Connorell, who I do the Last Sons of Christo- uh, Krypton podcast about Superman with. Uh, that is a they are he's they are all massive Iron Fist fans as well, Adam. So uh, anyone yourself uh, and anyone who wants to check out more Iron Fist stuff, check out uh, Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Iron Fist podcast, uh, part of the collective, which um, which we are part of. We're just a, a group of podcasts wanting to to get together and share the love. So <laughs> just wanted to throw that in there, Adam. Also, as yeah. well, before I forget, because you mentioned that you did like. Well, you do like Mr. Knight, so I'm immediately um, gravitating towards the Warren Ellis run. Obviously, that's where he kind of first mm-hmm. come about. 
a big fan of yours as well, Adam. Um, I, w- I want to give another shout out to another loony, Noel Tate. Uh, he listens to uh, Marvel News Desk. I think he's the. I think he put me onto Marvel News Desk. Actually, uh, he's in a band called Delita. They do the music for our podcast, and uh, and they're releasing an EP. Uh, he did say, I think he mentioned winter, which is our no summer, which is our winter. So mid uh, mid year, uh, a six track EP based on the six issues of Warren Ellis's Moon Knight Run. So you're going to have to check that out, Adam. Yeah, I definitely will. <laughs> I thought I'd just drop it in there, you know, why not? Mm. Um, but having said that, look, I think we better get on to a, a little review. Um, as you know, loony listeners, uh, we follow the phases of the moon. So whatever Konshu deems necessary, we will cover. And because I am so unorganized i'm just going to pull it here the phase of the moon is a crescent yes we are in the waning crescent so for all you loonies look up out your window have a look that's a waning crescent which means we have to do a classic run so um we're going to go do a quick break adam but when we come back we will head towards our lunapic classic run review and uh, yeah get your thoughts Hello, I'm Anthony. And I'm Dr. Issues. And we're hosts of Capes on the Couch, the podcast where comics get counseling. Superheroes don't always get to go home happy. That's where we come in. We offer psychiatric and mental health analysis of comic book characters. So check us out at capesonthecouch.live and across all social media platforms at Capes on the Couch. Welcome back, Looney listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, episode 97. You have your High Priest of Conchu Ray here with very special guest, Adam Barnhart from Marvel News Desk and ComicBook.com. Jeez, Adam, is it is it hard to juggle the bo- both of them? I'm assuming there's a lot of writing involved. Like, there is plenty of writing involved. Um... But no, it's not hard to juggle them. Um, you know, the on the podcast, uh, obviously, I co-host with Caleb and Rhiannon, and fortunately enough for me, they do most of the legwork. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just call in and spew my um, nonsense once a week, <laughs> right? It's pretty, uh, yeah. pretty. Um, yeah, they do a bang up job. They do they do very very good work. So I'm very thankful for the both of them. But yeah, I, I'm very fortunate enough to be able to juggle them both. You know, especially being able to uh, write about the stuff we talk about full time yeah, um, awesome. is super super dope and exciting. And first and foremost, uh, I should probably congratulate you as you're nearing 100 episodes. Oh, we just uh, <laughs> we just had our 100th uh, what not too long ago. Oh, so nice I one. know exactly. What kind of grind, you know, you're going oh, to grind yeah. to the, uh, that 100, so. But it's a good, good work. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And, and congratulations yourself as well. It's, uh, it's a good feeling, I must say, to, to hit the triple digits, well, you know, leading up to it. it yeah, you do reflect yeah. upon, you know, that's a, that's a fair few episodes to actually, <laughs> to actually commit right. to. So, uh, yeah, no, we're, we're chuffed and we've got, plenty of surprises up our sleeves so that one uh, all under wraps nice. yeah can't wait to um can't wait to reveal them but anyway as mentioned we have a Olympic classic run review so adam and i are going to look at uh, our continued reviewing of doug mench's 
uh, Volume One, uh, Moon Knight Run. So uh, we're into the into nineteen eighty one now. Uh, this was released in March 1981. Uh, this is titled Ghost Story, sorry. Volume 1, Issue 5, titled Ghost Story, a writer Doug Mensch, penciler, of course, the legend Bill Sienkiewicz, uh, Inca, equal legend Klaus Janssen, colorist Bob Sharon, letterer Rick Parker, and editor Denny O'Neill. So, for loonies that um, are first-time listeners, welcome, welcome, uh, uh, what we usually do is we run through a, a very quick synopsis. I might actually hold this towards Adam. <laughs> it's a mm-hmm. totally uh, freeform improv. Uh, just to encapsulate in a few sentences what this issue was about. Uh, we then will just talk about, I guess, points that we like, points that we didn't, um, any inconsistencies, um, any expectations, all that sort of jazz. Uh, and we'll finish it with our patented Highly convoluted moon rating system. Adam, I'm not sure if you're aware of our moon rating system. I am not. Okay, we rate it out of <laughs> yes, the phases of the moon. Uh, look, you can okay. go. You can go easy. Uh, full moon is obviously full marks. A half moon, obviously, you know, five out of ten. Three quarter, quarter moon, that sort of thing. Uh, there are other phases in between there, like waning gibbuses and waxing crescents. Um, but I can help you along the way. Uh, it's all for a bit of fun, and it's all for a bit of moon education. So, uh, very nice. Hopefully, I've padded this out long enough, Adam, for you to <laughs> construct something yeah. in your mind. Right, 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 right. <laughs> no, so I mean, just a simple enough synopsis. Obviously, you know, Mooney's hunting down uh, a pair of criminals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, tone wise, the this uh, book. A ghost story. It reminded me of like a s- episode of Scooby Doo. Ah, right? right. Yes. Okay. Um. So that's kind of the look and feel of this, at least mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. tonal wise. Um. It's it's you know, uh, there's a few um pages, a few panels that are very horror like. Right. Mm. Jumps into the horror. Um. But at the same time, you know, we're getting into. Uh, Bronze Age comics, so it still has that campiness to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's certainly not a Jeff Lemire uh, <laughs> or a Max Bemis or what have you. You know, it's no. it's it was a nice solid read. Yeah, okay. It's got a bit of a there's a bit of an, a darker edge tone to it, mm-hmm. um, which is what I sprung out to me when we when when I first read it. Uh, but yeah, so look, just wise as as Adam said, um, there are basically three dudes. Uh, there's a scary house, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, one of the dudes is um, is the son, um, or you know, he used to live at the house. Uh, there's uh, some some booty, some uh, some money, and uh, something. We we find out towards the end um, that's quite valuable, uh, and that all leads Moon Knight to there. And there's a bit of a I I had a bit of a macabre twist to it. I thought towards the end mm-hmm. we can get that to that later, but. Um, yeah, look, overall, uh, overall then, Adam, um, I mean, we're not going to mark it now, obviously, but so your impression, Scooby-Doo-wise, um, what were, did you like it? I mean, did you enjoy it? Did you uh, embrace the campiness? Yeah. Did you embrace the Scooby-Doo-ness? Yeah. yeah, 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 and when I was saying Scooby-Doo, I didn't mean, like, you know, just like a 
kind of a slapstick comedy type deal. It, it was just more of the the setting, you know. Yeah. It's always this yeah. this dark, creepy house on the hill removed from the city, right? Yeah. And there there's bad guys in the house. Yeah. And and the team arrives to to solve the crime. Then once they get to the house, that's already creepy. Yeah creepy things actually happen you yeah. know there's always that part in your mind where you're like ah it's not haunted it's not gonna happen nothing's gonna happen but then you just take a step in the damn house and a haunted craft happens and you're like well crap yeah i'm here you know <laughs> um so yeah yeah that, that's that's the part i really enjoyed through it okay look i, I took a different angle uh, it's funny because I, I did hear someone else we'll get to looney um feedback later on someone else did mention that it has this scooby-doo element and i can totally see that as well uh for me i i actually likened it to texas chainsaw massacre i mean i I know that's a lot more um darker and and more graphic than what we get here but this whole creepiness with the family and and in particular you know the Mm. mum at the end uh, I just and and her relationship with her son Edward Redditch, I found really um, kind of unerring. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I kind of like that kind of macabre aspect to it, and and that's why this is like one of the, I guess the more memorable issues for me during that the whole Mensch run. Um, it's certainly one that I always seem to go back to just for a good read. Uh, but yeah, so I kind of took it in that kind of regard but i totally see what you're you know what you're saying as well there are things when you step in the house that appear to be supernatural but really aren't um but yeah we'll uh yeah i mean yeah i mean we'll we'll go through that there's um fantastic artwork here like that splash page uh after what the, the second second page of moon Knight at the top of the the house looking down uh, that's obviously been reused again by by Bill Sienkiewicz, uh in one of the covers, I believe, um, one of the variant covers for the Bemis run. Um, I think it was for the 200, issue 200. Um, so, you know, there are, dare I say, some iconic uh, imagery here in this issue. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know, what did you think of, I guess, the the way the story was, was told, Adam? It's very, it is kind of non-linear, um, what Mensch mm-hmm. does, he does um, break things up. So what you can really have as a linear story, um, he's actually chopped and changed time a bit. Um, did you find that at all, um, uh, you know, um, to the detriment of the issue, or did you enjoy the way that was written? No, I I enjoyed it. You know, it was the type of thing they would uh someone would mention something and say uh you know what we just did and then mm. immediately after that it would go back and show what they just did. So it wasn't at any point it never really got jarring or, or convoluted or hard to follow. Mm-hmm. Um and when it's done that way, uh you know, I certainly don't mind storytelling like that. Yeah. Um there's other shows on TV that are complicated just to be complicated. Yeah. You know, so at least, uh, you know, Mitch's storytelling in this issue, I, I didn't mind whatsoever. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I found, uh, look, I found it, look, to be honest, I, I found it, it really didn't add much to it. Like, I mean, I could imagine mm-hmm. this, if you reshuffle the panels and, and the chronology, 
I think you'd still get a pretty solid story um, without it jumping back and forth. Um, the the only big like reveal, like at the end, is is the mum, you know. So uh, I think by by them going back and forth with the three guys, uh, Parkins, Creech, and Redditch, uh, I I don't think it really added any any bit um, by going back mm-hmm. and forth. But um, but you know uh, we see this a lot with Doug Mensch's um, stories. Um, like he's kind of he's fleshing out even more, and and historically uh, he's got a, a bit more of a, a bigger canvas with Moon Knight to to play around with uh, narratives and stories. So I guess he's doing a, a bit of this is early on issue five as well. So I, I take it he's he's kind of um, maybe experimenting a little. Um, mm-hmm. mm. Right. Uh, you know, yes. it does do a good job helping, you know, keep the mystery in line too, right? Mm. If they were to do linear storytelling with, with a story in this issue, I don't think it necessarily would have been as, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to say it was breathtaking, but it wouldn't have <laughs> kept your interest peaked. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, true. I guess so. I mean, but I guess what Mensch uses, um, and breaking up the chronology is the um, the reveal of well actually the telling of the three guys coming across the five hundred thousand dollars and the what we see at the end is the the title deed to the house um, so mm-hmm. for me it's not that's not really very interesting <laughs> you know mm-hmm. um, how they go about and get it it's good that they do and it's it, everything is explained but um, the big punching point for me is is towards the end. Uh, and it all comes in a flourish at the end where we see the skeleton of of Mr. Redditch, the father, you know, and uh, him, right. him seemingly um, shooting the shotgun at the two crims. Uh, and then obviously we see the son, Redditch, who we've followed throughout the story. He's actually dead. He's in the coffin. Uh, and his mum out there, and she seems to have had a hand in, in both of it. And she's kind of gone totally, you know, cuckoo. <laughs> So, right. uh, so yeah, I mean, yeah, for me that that was that was just my take on it. Um, but art wise as well, Adam, what did you think of Bill Sankevich's art here? Um, well, I mean, on the surface, you can never go wrong with his art, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's a legend, especially when it comes to the Moon Knight stuff and some of his covers. Still, you know, despite being thirty years old, still. 40 years old going on you know mm. still hold up so well yeah um in this day and age uh, just brilliant stuff yeah he's he certainly has a handle of the fluidity of moon knight still and, and you see it here and i think a lot has to do with him him um you know going on record um trying to emulate neil adams um as batman so there's a lot of these fluid cape shots of Moon Knight. Um, yeah, very typical early Sienkiewicz, I think. Um, facial, like um, the portraiture of a lot of close-ups of the characters, um, very well done. And you see later on in the issues um, to come, uh, they just they become more detailed and, and more distinct, the faces, um, mm-hmm. which are really nice. I, I thought overall, though... Uh, Look, I'm reading. I'm reading it from the Epic Collection, and we probably should say that you can read this issue 
issue five digitally, either through Comixology or Marvel Unlimited. Um, but it's also still available as a single issue out there somewhere. Uh, it's on the Epic Collection Volume 2, Shadows of the Moon. Uh, it's on the Essential Collection as well, which I think is out of print, but it's a black and white one. Um, and reading it on the Epic Collection, where they do a recoloring, uh, I don't know, the inking uh, is, to me, not as 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 good um, as some mm-hmm. of the other issues. So a, a little let down there. Um, with maybe, I wouldn't say unfinished, but uh, a lot of stylized um, panels with characters. So, yeah. Um, that's Klaus Janssen, actually. Sorry. So, yeah. Mm. It's, uh, uh, yeah, but sorry, uh, any any other thoughts on, on, on the art there, Adam? Uh, no. I mean, like you said, that, that splash page, whatever, page two, you know, mm-hmm. was really good. There was another panel later on in the comic. I think it was Reddit... <clears throat> Redditch mm-hmm. um, shooting a shotgun. Oh yes, and for whatever reason, it was that that really stood out to me. You know, mm-hmm. just the the look on his face, yes, and, and the contrasting coloring and things like that. That almost is on a whole other level compared to everything else in the book. I'm not sure why it stood out to me. Uh, <laughs> I just thought it was very very gorgeous art. Yeah, actually, and having said that as well, this inking, uh, I should say, and probably should retract a bit of what I said. Well, this inking is very Klaus Janssen. Um, I I draw parallels with this and uh, Jansen's work with John Byrne in Wolverine in the 90s. I'm not sure if you've got any issues there, Adam. Um, mm. But uh, a very distinct kind of inking style here. Um, so it actually does convert a lot of Sienkiewicz's art to very Jansen-esque art in a lot of instances. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, that, that panel with the shotgun, um, I wanted to also mention... Yeah, so this story is quite dark. I mean, he blows away the the teller, um, right? Uh, so they're not afraid of, you know, a bit of bloodshed here. Uh, mm-hmm. So he blows her away. He's a little mad himself. Um, uh, the mum at the end, she uh, accidentally shot her son as well. Like she shoots Redditch. He's already got the injury with a shotgun, but um, I think she mentioned there's something to do with the, you know, her her husband, um, the skeleton, holding the shotgun. Um, uh-huh. She uh, she actually messes up there and she shoots her son there. So um, Moon Knight comics a lot a little bit darker than what you usually gather um, with other comics of this time. Um, mm-hmm. If we are to compare this, Adam, with Say other Iron Fist comics around here be very different in tone. Oh yeah, I mean very different in tone uh, from pretty much everything, right? They walk in the house and there's four bodies mm. hanging oh, on the yeah. wall. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, for sure. And then there's the the dressed up skeleton. You know, it's a very creepy vibe. Yeah. You know that. that Anytime there's uh, you introduce someone living with a dead body <laughs> into the story, you know yeah. it's just a whole other level of psychotic yeah. thriller, you know, horror stuff. Uh, yeah. So yeah, especially for this time, you know, for for an industry that once had the the comics authority, you know, the comics code. Um, yeah, completely different tones. Um, than anything else on the shelf of the day. Mm. Uh, but the thing is, it's not it's not too uh, 
um, it's not too obvious, I guess. Mm. Uh, it's done in such a way, obviously, you don't see um, the lady's head blown off no. or whatever at no. the bank, right? Yeah. Um, and, and you don't see flesh still clinging to the, the skeleton bones. True. But that doesn't take away from the fact that he just killed someone in the comic mm. and there's bodies hanging in this house, right? Mm. Or that at one point there was bodies. Yeah, um, yeah, because you're left with a, a lot of those um, things that you have to kind of fill in yourself. And even descriptions through Mench's uh, dialogue, like towards the end, the, um, the mom, she mentions that her husband was in a shooting accident and he died, but... Um, she was afraid of being kind of alone all the time. So she describes actually taking him back to take care of him. So you, you get images of her dragging a corpse, you know, flesh and all, as you say, and just, I guess, propping him up and, and feeding him and dressing him every night. And that's just pretty, you know, as you say, psychopathic stuff. So uh, men's not afraid to go down that, you know, down that path, especially with Moon Knight. Um also, as well, Adam, I didn't. I wanted to get your take on. We don't really see much of Moon Knight here, do we? It's it's pretty much a story built around him. Um, if anything, he's kind of stumbling into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, did you were you yeah. disappointed? You wanted to see more of him, or or did you have any expectations to, or just happy to to, to follow the story? So. For this story, you know, I think he's in it as much as they could have, right? Mm. Obviously, they're trying to go from this aspect of the whole haunted house, right? Yeah. Um, so if Moon Knight's in every panel and interacting with these characters as much as possible, you know, that detracts from the whole haunted thing, right? Mm. Um, yep. It takes away that scare factor. Yeah. Uh, so I totally get where, where they're coming from. Uh keeping him out of it the most part right mm. while it, it you know moon knight is on the cover and his name's on the book you know this is mostly a story you know about the this really weird twisted relationship between a mother and her son right yeah and it moon is. knight just so happens to be uh tracking down you know the son who killed a bank teller yeah um so yeah i didn't mind uh uh, Mooney not being in the the comic um, mm-hmm. all too much, at least you know when when the story begs for it, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I'm just kind of also thinking back to say Bemis's very first issue, issue 188, which uh, caused a few ripples because Moon Knight doesn't appear there at all. But for me and for all intents, that was a stellar issue. Uh, but it also comes down to your expectations because I remember when I was a lot younger. Um, I can't remember the example offhand, but I remember being disappointed in a comic, I guess because uh, it didn't feature enough of, I think it was a Hulk or, or Spider-Man in it. Um, and so, you know, these stories may not be to a lot of people's cup of tea, but um, I totally agree with you as well. The 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 main crux of this story is, is that family uh, and a retelling of, um, of, you know, the motives behind... Uh, behind them returning to the house. So there's really not much there with Moon Knight. There's a bit of a tenuous connection with, uh, where is it? I'm looking on the Epic Collection. There's um, page uh, page 10 on the Epic Collection. Uh, it's quite early on. It's with Jake Lockley and Frenchie. Just have a, having a bit of a reflection in front of the statue of Conchu. Um, just talking about... I guess trying to link it with Mark. Um, so Mench is actually saying, "Oh yeah, um, 
Jake Lockley or Spectre, yeah, I do I do feel a ghost in me sometimes. I do hear like a voice, um, which I think we're meant to believe is obviously Conchu um, at this stage because mm-hmm. Mensch has fleshed out that Egyptian tie um, and, and has started to really broaden the origin of Moon Knight in that regards um, from issue one. But... Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not not much. Um, not much money. But um, yeah. Fair enough. I, like I said, I enjoyed it. Um, uh, regardless of how much Moon Knight is in there or not. Uh, all right. Before we, I guess, give this a rating, uh, Adam. Uh, any other smaller points here that you want to point out? I, I just wanted to point out for myself a quick one. Uh, the the use of the cat again. It seems to be a recurring theme in a lot of Mench's, um early runs. Uh, so we get the cat, um, you know, jumping out, uh, and there's that shot of the can, nine lives, tuna and egg, mm-hmm. uh, cat food. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was in the house. Um, we we do see sprayed a lot in volume one, uh, cat, and I and I believe that's Mench's little nod to, I don't know, cats and the ties to to Egypt, possibly. So that was just a little reference, I believe. Um, any any little other pointers you wanted to um, point out there, Adam? Um, no, not entirely. I, I, I think we covered it. You know, there mm-hmm. were uh, some panels throughout, you know, where it's it's almost desaturated, right? Mm. It, it's Moon Knight against a very dark background. Either he's using a flashlight yeah. or or there was a, a gunshot, I think, somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, just stuff like that is kind of reminds me, you know, why I like the character so much. It's just so... It's simple, but it's not. Mm. You know, it's simple, but it's elegant. It's yeah. It's kind of the whole package. Yeah. Um, yeah, and by no means... It's weird. I would say that this isn't a typical Doug Mensch um, issue. Like, if you're a first-time reader wanting to pick up Moon Knight, um, this wouldn't encapsulate it. But kind of at the same time, it, it kind of does because it shows... Um, the structuring of the story that Mensch um, uses, which he uses a lot later on. Um, but yeah, it, it, for me, it's a handy one shot. Like, I would recommend this to people because it's just like a one and done and it's pretty easy, but you don't really get a sense of Moon Knight uh, in this. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, well, let's um, let's rate this baby here, Adam, hey? Uh, out, of, out of 10... What would you what would you give this issue uh, volume one issue five ghost story out of ten? Mm-hmm. And I'll, I thought I'll, I was supposed to do like a moon thing. I'll, or you're going to translate can, it into I can the translate. Moon. <laughs> I can trans- okay, unless it's was, unless it's easy. Like if it's a full moon. Or, no, I, yeah. no, I was going to have to pull up my moon calendar. <laughs> no, um, I would say uh, it's right around probably a six out of ten for me. I, I like it slightly more than I dislike it. If that makes sense, okay. it's not bad by any means. Um, but it's far from perfect, I guess. Okay. So six out of ten. So that's a bit over a half moon. So we're looking at a uh, first quarter waxing, waxing gibbous. I take it. Waxing gibbous. So a six out of ten. I would actually, and I'm not copying you, Adam, at all. I was going to lean towards maybe a six, a six, maybe a 6.5 at most out of 10, which would still mm-hmm. be a, a waxing gibbous as well. Um, so yeah, in between a, a half and a, a three quarter moon. Uh, yeah, it's, um, like I said, it's one of, it's actually one of my, one of my favorite of the Doug Mensch, um, 
run uh, only because it's it's a nice compact story um it has a a a bit of the macabre to it Uh, but it's funny now i can't unsee this scooby-doo thing that you that you mentioned so i can see that too um but yeah i mean that i don't see that in a bad way or anything like that so um yeah so let's say six from you and a six and a half from from myself so um so loonies check it out it is definitely worth a read and as we mentioned it's available highly available um either in printed format or in digital um are you what are you reading it on adam I uh I'm reading on on unlimited. I, yep. I use unlimited for mostly everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Moon Knight is um one of the few characters I do collect hardcore. Okay. Um so what I did, I actually went through and uh ended up buying every single issue awesome. um of a solo Iron Fist uh, run. Yep. Um nice. so I have Iron Fist covered. So now I'm working on the same with Moon Knight. And luckily with those two characters it's not like a Spider-Man or Wolverine, right? It's very There's... attainable, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. So that's what I'm doing with Moon Knight now. So I might go back and, and read this because um, there are very few uh, Moon Knight single issues I don't have at this point. Um, okay, yeah. It's you know like the the Stan Lee quote, or I'm not even sure if it was Stan Lee, but it's oh yes, it's the infamous quote where it's much better holding it in your hand, right? Oh, okay, right, yeah, nice. Um, yeah. So yeah, I might go back and read it after this physically. Okay. But yeah, Marvel Unlimited. I mean, I'm not sure if you uh, are an Unlimited subscriber, but I, wa- uh, I you was. Be- yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's great. I mean, don't get me wrong. Marvel Unlimited is definitely bang for buck. It is absolutely worth it. Um, but yeah, I found myself yeah you know collecting stuff and buying comics, all digital comics as well. And uh, Marvel Unlimited was lying dormant in my iPad. It's like, oh, so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm paying for this monthly, you know, will I ever get around to using it? Because I've got all this other stuff I've still got to read. But, yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely worth it. Um, and, you know, might pop on onto it again uh, later on. I wish I had a DC one as well, um, Adam, just, just as an aside. but uh, Well, they are expanding um, over the ne- – what was the next two years? They're expanding DC Universe, right? I, I was reading something where every – comic is going to be added to dc oh that would be cool yeah they should do that Um, so i mean that's not even you know marvel doesn't have that right Mm. marvel unlimited is six months behind i think but as as the release put it dc's adding uh to their streaming server i think there's some comics on there now right okay um I pay for that, but I can't remember the last time I used it. Oh. <laughs> um, um, so I, I sh- shouldn't be able to even talk about it. But yeah, I think I think the, I think that's in the works. At least I, I saw at one point. Okay, okay. Well, I've got to keep an eye out for that as well. I'm, I've got to catch up on my Superman. I'm still learning, Adam, about Superman. Um, I've, I jumped on board that podcast um, more so for a journey to know about Superman than being a, an avid or a, um, passionate fan i mean he's good right but right so i probably shouldn't tell you my opinion on Superman. oh <laughs> since you're, you're oh, no, a please superman do. fan please do no 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 uh, it's uh, i'm not a superman fan i'll just say <laughs> okay. i'm not a superman fan well i've got the training wheels uh, we'll on put it at that so okay yeah. <laughs> no, no worries um all right, before we go, uh, we do have a bit of feedback, a one piece of feedback from our Into the Night Facebook group. This comes from Josh. Geronimo! 
Johnson, one of our uh, many um, dedicated loonies, and he writes in and says, Honestly, this feels more like a Hardy Boys or Scooby-Doo story than a Moon Knight one. Even the mansion looks like the one from the old Scooby-Doo opening theme. Interesting idea for a one-shot story, but I think the execution could have been a little better. Uh, This one's probably one of my least favourite issues of Volume 1. Side note, the opening splash page was used, redone for a variant... Ah, here we go. For a variant for Moon Knight 200, uh, which was pretty cool. Uh, thank you, Josh. Yeah, no, Josh is um, Josh is a big Moon Knight fan as well. Uh, look, yeah, obviously, um, personal taste. If it's not the cup of tea, as we mentioned, um, there are Scooby-Doo elements to it. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was a, a pretty tight one shot. Uh, anyway, Loonies, that pretty much wraps us up for this episode, episode 97 I want to give a massive thank you to Adam. Adam, thank you so much for joining us uh, in the wee hours of the morning for you. No problem whatsoever. Thanks for having me. <laughs> it's, it's been a blast talking about uh, all things like Moon Knight and also uh, things up there on the on the silver screen. Uh, before we go, of course, uh, and we did mention uh, where they could find you, uh, how about giving us a little bit of a, a plug of, um, yeah, like a Twitter handle or a, or a Facebook group? Yep, I am on Twitter. I'm at Adam Barnhart, uh, A-D-A-M, of course, B-A-R-N-H-A-R-D-T. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter. Excellent, excellent. And uh, I'll put in the show notes as well. Uh, there's a website for Marvel Marvel News Desk, right? I, I saw that with yep. not only podcast um, links, but... Uh, also reviews and articles as well. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. All sorts of stuff on there. Marvelnewsdesk.com. Excellent, excellent. Uh, once again, a big thank you to Adam. Uh, as usual, you can find us on Gmail, itkmoonnight at gmail.com. Facebook, facebook.com slash itkmoonnight is our page and our group, which is ever-growing. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, come join is facebook.com slash group slash itkmoonnight. Uh, our, our Twitter handle is at itkmoonnight. And we're on Instagram, Tumblr, YouTube. Just keep on looking at I'm thinking of getting rid of Tumblr. Adam, do you have Tumblr at all? I do not. Yeah. Um, at one point yeah. I did. Oh, a long while ago. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm I'm not on Twitter. It's a bit Instagram, uh, Twitter, yeah. some Facebook. I just joined the Moon Knight Facebook group. Yeah. Thanks for the uh, heads up. Heck yeah. Excellent. Yeah, well, come say hello to Adam there as well, loonies. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's ever-growing. It's a lot of fun. And yeah, Tumblr. I think it's redundant now. But anyway, it's still there. <laughs> so uh, check it out if you want to. Uh, also, yep, iTunes ratings. If you like what you hear or if you want to hear something, um, have a suggestion. We are all ears. We'd love to improve the show. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, yeah. So, oh, and of course, yeah, sorry. Podcast catches. Look, again, if you're listening right now, you know what you're listening on. <laughs> and it's obviously on there. So, good stuff. Um, yeah. As we always say, uh, fare thee well. And uh, may Conchu watch over the denizens of the night. Catch you later. and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. 
Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners. If I just quickly, oh look, I can just edit this out anyway. <laughs> let me, um, sorry, Adam, let me just check here. No, no, I do want to say this, um, mm-hmm. this is impeccable branding, right? As soon as you <laughs> taught me, told me the, uh, you lay out the show depending on like the mood schedule, I'm like, this is great. I need to, <laughs> I'm a huge fan of this show. I will listen to it till the end of time. Oh, it's awesome. so good. Oh, thanks, Adam.